Hi, I'm Kurt Fernley, Paralympian, coming to you from a Wobbacool country. And I'm Paralympian Isis Holt. I'm broadcasting from Yagara country. And this is you, Little Ripper, the voice of Parasport here in Australia. We are absolutely the voice of Parasport and we have some celebrating to do. We sure do. I've been screaming, you Little Ripper, non-stop since the Com Games began. And on today's show, it's been gold, gold, and what, Isis? Gold! <laughs> yes, it's been more gold. Isis, what's made you yell, you little ripper, at these Commonwealth Games? For me, it's got to be Madison Di Rosario winning the marathon. She's an absolute legend, does it every time. Barely broke a sweat. Oh, tell me about it. Makes it look easy. Defending her title from Gold Coast 2018, had won the marathon in uh, in Tokyo as well. Also knocked out a, a New York marathon victory. Uh, uh, Madison De Rosario has been unbelievable over the last two years and has absolutely backed it up at these Commonwealth Games. But Madison still got the 1500 meters to go. So I've got a question for you, Kat. What's it like to defend your marathon title? You know, it's. I think it's. It is so much harder to defend than to get your win. I like to to go up there, and sometimes it can be such a relief um, to to get that first kind of real big, either world championships or 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 a Paralympic gold medal. Uh, but the the pressure to go back through it and do it again, I found. I found really hard. And you know what's harder than that? Trying to do it three times in a row <laughs> is just brutal. I could never get there. I tried everything to get that third one, but it was just, it's, it's, it, there is so many more eyeballs watching you and there is so much more. Uh, you actually know the fragility of the process. You know the fragility of the actual event. You know that it can go either way and that there are so many other athletes out there that are giving equally as much to be a part of that. So I, I think the knowledge, often the knowledge of getting to a gold medal is you turn around and realise that you have tiptoed along a tightrope and and somehow, somehow it has worked out. Uh, so for me, I find that backing up and trying to do it again, that is just brutal. Yeah, I agree. It seems so simple the first time you do it and then every other time it just gets harder. <laughs> so Kat, I know you love to yell, you little ripper, a lot, but what moment had you screaming it even more? I screamed it, not once, but twice, I'm greedy here. My you little ripper moment is seeing Jess Gallagher and a pilot, Caitlin Ward. They won our very first gold medal in the women's tandem, B Paratrack Cycling, and then backed up again to get another gold in the B1000 metre time trial. And I've shared a team with Jess Gallagher in the athletics uh, many, uh, quite, a, quite a number of years ago, but then I saw her go on to uh, share a team again in cycling at a Paralympic games i've seen her cross over to the winter paralympic games and bring home a bronze medal from memory uh there as well to see her to come back to uh the commonwealth games back onto the bike to bring home two gold medals uh that is my you little ripper moment it is uh it is well and truly worth celebrating jess gallagher and her pilot caitlin ward
Pisces, we also have a part of you, Little Ripper, where we, we, we put down the best of the rest. The you, Little Ripper moment is the thing that stands out to you. But on a games like the Commonwealth Games, there is so much happening between episodes that we have to give an additional layer of shout outs. Uh, Isis Holt, what is your best of the rest? My best of the rest has to be Karcher Dedekind and the women's S13 50 metre freestyle. There is nothing better than a gold medal and a world record and from such a lovely person too. Again, friend of the pod, uh, Katya Dedekin. She's just such a beautiful person. And to have her on the podcast just a few weeks ago to see how thoughtful, to see how ready she was to race was amazing and has just got up and performed. And that is a sneaky little humble brag that you had there, Isis Salt. I have not won a gold medal in a world record time. Can you share? Have you? I have, yes. <laughs> of course you have. <laughs> what is it like to when you become the best in the world at the moment, but that moment is actually the best in the world? Yeah, I think it's it's pretty surreal. It's one of those things where it kind of feels like the ultimate reward for, for hard work. It's unfortunate that almost not everyone gets to have that feeling at some point in their career because, you know, nothing really beats it. Um, I think being told that you're the best in the world at what you do is something that is sort of hard to take at face value. So having a gold medal to back it up is always quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking about surreal moments, one of the well, favourite friends of the pods, uh, a previous host of uh, You Little Ripper, um, finished her career for Australia. Uh, Ellie Cole has, she is our most successful Australian Women's Dolphins uh, member. She is a remarkable human, an incredibly successful athlete, crossed the line in fifth place for her final race in the green and gold, the wonderful, the amazing Ellie Cole. Welcome to you, Little Ripper. Hello, 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 hello. I have so much more energy now that I'm... Uh, how are you feeling? Uh, that was your, your last ever competition event for Australia. We've all watched it for 20 years. How, how does it feel now, the other side? So great. Um, you know, I was very emotional. I've actually been very emotional for the last 48 hours. Uh, I've certainly needed to find some electrolyte tablets out and about. But, um, yeah, no, it's been really great. I wake up on the first morning. Um, I forgot to turn my alarm off. And so I already failed on that part when it came to retirement. But uh, I'm just, like, super relaxed and enjoying the rest of the Commonwealth Games and watching all of the other Australians. It's the best. Awesome, Ellie. I couldn't help but notice there is a photo of you hugging a competitor over the lane rope and your face just looks like it's full of relief. And yeah, I'm kind of wondering, like, how do you describe that moment? I think that moment was really special because the competitor that I was hugging in my um, final ever race was Sophie Pascoe. And there are a, a number of um, Paralympic swimmers who I've gotten to know over my swimming career. Um, and Sophie has been one of them. We met, I think, when we were about 13 or 14 years old on one of our very first international tours. Um, and we've both swam, you know, through four Paralympics. She's become New Zealand's most successful Paralympian of all time. Um, and I've become Australia's most successful female Paralympian of all time. And uh, another one of us, Jess Long, who's actually in the US, is part of that friendship group. And she's become one of the most successful Paralympians of all time worldwide. 
Um, so there's kind of three of us that have, have grown up through Paris swimming and have become incredibly close. So to be able to race against her and um, have her there at the end who has been there through every single race uh, was really, really special. I'm glad you enjoyed that because I've been plotting Sophie's death for the last decade. <laughs> Let me go medals! What? Come on, I'm against Ellie Cole. The, the, the way that you embrace that friendship. Is there a little bit of plot and death as well? Don't you touch Sophie Pascoe. Let me tell you, you have to come through me. Um, no, there is absolutely no plotting. Uh, to be honest, the fact that she won was just because I wasn't fast enough and that's not her fault. Uh, she's a lovely girl. Um, secretly, I guess I do subconsciously maybe have some dreams of her death, but you know, that's well and truly not in my control. Um, no, but I certainly do love her so much. Uh, but yeah, you know, if, if she somehow disappeared accidentally, Kurt, I certainly wouldn't be asking any questions. <laughs> I'm feeling a little more validated now. So um, putting aside any uh, potentially illegal practices of murder, um, what are you most looking forward to now that you're done? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think swimmers are very well known for our early starts. So to um, turn off my alarm is probably the first step. But actually, I think the most exciting thing is um, being able to go down to Melbourne and see my family and not have to be back for training on Monday morning, um, you know, so I can spend more than 36 hours down there and maybe a couple of weeks and just come home whenever I feel like it. You know, I think the first thing that mum said to me when I finished racing is that she was so happy to have her daughter back because she had effectively given me to the sport um, since I was a little girl. So I, I guess that I get to spend some time with her now, which... Um, Ask me in, in six months' time if, if I'm still looking forward to that. <laughs> have you spoken to family? Of course I have. Um, you know, they were the first people that I rang when I finished my race. Actually, the reason why I started getting emotional, Kurt, bef before my race was, you know, I remember talking to you um, on one of the You Little Ripper episodes, and you said that the emotion will hit you at any time. And for me, it was when I was stretching um, before I warmed up and I text my family and I just said thank you for everything and then I just like burst into tears and I went over to my competitor Ash McConnell who actually beat me in the race and the first thing she said to me was are you crying and I was just like oh, yeah. <laughs> and she's gone oh my god that is so embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like I need you in my life um, so I, 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 touched base with my family right before I, uh, dived in for a up, and then, yeah, they were the, the first guys that I rang, um, when I, when I got to the other end, I was still in my racing suit when I rang them and they were just very proud. Mum was, you know, dressed up as she does with her flags coming all out of her hair. Um, that everyone's very, very proud. I actually cried. It got me when I was in my room and I woke up. And I looked across and I saw my racing chair on the other side of the room. And I thought, this is the last time. I know this is weird. I thought in my head, looking at my frame, this is the last time we do this. Yeah. You know <laughs> like what, I'm looking though? at the frame and I'm like, we? Yeah. It's a bit of metal. <laughs> it's actually pretty incredible. Like, um, I think that my retirement has actually seemed to affect the retired athletes more 
than the current athletes who are in the team. You know, even the next morning um, after my race, I went into Patria Thomas's, who has, who's our chef de mission. I went into her office and, um, yeah, I was, I was kind of reflecting on the night with her and she retired 20 years ago. Um, and then she started sharing some stories and started tearing up as well. Like it still hits hard for her 20 years later. And so I think it's nice to have people around in this team and as well as you, Kurt, not quite you yet, Isis, you still have a little way to go, but it's nice to have people there who understand what it feels like to touch the wall, or to cross the line for the last time, because it's like you do leave a little part of you behind and that part of you will always be in the sport um, and the rest of you kind of carries on. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm a bit speechless after that because I think people don't talk enough about that feeling when you do decide to to retire or to stop racing. And I know that um, you and Ash Barty are kind of up there as people who have had like incredible careers and have decided to um, to kind of, I guess, call it quits in a good way. Um, so yeah, how do you think you feel about kind of processing that moment? Um, are you looking forward to the next few months? Does it intimidate you at all? No, it doesn't intimidate me. It's, I guess it's kind of like being born again. Um, there's just so much opportunity out there that um, is there for para-athletes when, when they get to the other side, I think. Um, and, you know, we get to experience things like I just mentioned before, just even the small things like spending time with family that make a huge difference. Um, it's super exciting. I have no idea what I'm going to be doing for the like the next 12 months, to be honest, but that's the whole fun part of it. And um, I know that I've got really great mentors, even in, in you, Kurt, um, who, if I am struggling, I can just, you know, reach out with a phone call and know that someone will be there on the other side. So I think I'm going to be okay. I'm probably going to make a lot of mistakes on the way. <laughs> but I think knowing that, you know, when you're going into um, retirement is really important too. Grief, that's one thing that when Isis mentioned that we don't speak about it as, as much is that sometimes when you get to the other side of a career, there's a period of time that you actually, you grieve a part of what you, you're going through. And, and I, I have no doubt that you have so much waiting for you on the other side of this, Ellie. Um, what is the dream job out there? You know, if you could, if you could say anything in the world that you could do in the next five years, what would that be? What would that look like? I would really like to find a space where, like, we can make like this is a similar impact in disability as we have in sport. You know, every other industry in Australia in terms of disability isn't celebrated as much as what sport is, and we have, you know thousands upon tens of thousands upon hundreds of thousands upon millions of people with a disability who are watching para-athletes and probably wondering why, why people don't see them in the same um, light as what we celebrate our para-athletes in. And so I would kind of like to make a similar impact, but just in a different area where I don't have to wake up at four o'clock in the morning. It doesn't require me to push my heart rate for, you know, 200 beats per minute for two minutes not like you Kurt and for like two hours or whatever you do on the marathons but um yeah something uh, it's been very rewarding being a Paralympian and um I've I suppose I've competed until the age of 30 just because of how rewarding it is and so I would like to find something equally as rewarding and I know that that's quite a vague answer but um yeah I'll come back to you on that in a few months time so 
Ellie, you've like you've normally got a pretty full schedule at these events. You've got a lot going on. Um, what's the plan this week? Oh my gosh, I'm so bored. Um, there is <laughs> nothing to do in an athlete's village when you are done on day one. I usually, you know, pre-COVID, we could go to other sports, um, but. I'm kind of that weirdo at the moment that's sitting outside on like this little green chair. It's basically like a hot seat and whoever comes and sit next to me, I'm like, thank you. Thank you for sitting and talking to me. Um, and then I kind of wander into the snack room and ask our dietitian if she, you know, needs help with anything. And then I go into like the medical room. Do you guys need help with anything? Everyone's like, Ellie, just enjoy your retirement. I don't know how to relax. I've found out in the last few days. Um, but I did see uh, Mel McLaughlin and Richo yesterday for an interview and they have hit me up with some Netflix recommendations of Peaky Blinders, which was filmed in Birmingham. So I think I'm going to try the whole Netflix thing, Netflix and chill, which apparently means something different to what I believe it means. We'll chat to you when you get home. Cheers. Bye. Isis, when you hear that conversation about talking about, you know, the the process of leaving sport, um, the, the 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 conversation around tears and grief, you are one of the most you are one of the most wise athletes that I have met in your career. How does that make you think about your own future? I don't think what Ellie said would have made sense to me until now. I think if she, if I had heard her say that. Um, you know, her retirement uh, was almost more impactful for, for those who had retired than it was for the athletes that were still on the team. I think if I, if I had heard that 12 months ago, I would have thought, oh, I don't really get that. And now I think I can, I can sort of understand, like I, I have quite a few years um, kind of behind me in sport and I can see how emotional that sort of almost that breakup is with with elite sport you know it does come to feel like almost a long-term relationship you put everything into it you know so um it's yeah it's emotional to listen to and it's a lot to kind of comprehend I think Isis well thankfully we have plenty of more opportunities to celebrate you in the green and gold and when you do call it on your terms uh that's when I will also start shedding tears for uh your experience as well because I'm a big cry baby <laughs> wonderful can't wait I'll cry with you It'll be um, wonderful. thank you Isis Holt you've been an amazing host uh again here at you little ripper and thank you to our listeners those that are enjoying our little podcast we love parasport and we want to share how amazing it is with the rest of the world but we need your help to do that we need you to tell all your friends about what we're doing and then you need to leave us a review nice reviews uh preferably yeah prefer not preferably isosol definitely nice reviews and how many stars all five, actually. All five stars. Yeah. Somebody gave me a nice review the other day and they left one star. And you know what? I am chasing that person down and they shall pay. <laughs> they shall pay. <laughs> and we will be back. We will be back bringing you more updates from our uh, athletes over there in the Commonwealth Games. So follow you, Little Ripper, wherever you get your podcast from. And we'd love to say a big thank you to Toyota for supporting this episode for you, Little Ripper. Oh, what a feeling. Thanks, Toyota. Thanks, Toyota. It's your little ripper.